how do I do this again? Uh, hey, it's uh, Dr. Stu's podcast. It's been a while. It's me, Dr. Stu, with my protege, Kimberly Durden. Hi, protege. Kimberly. <laughs> we are back. Uh, we've been on a four-month uh, unplanned hiatus. Uh, uh, this is podcast number 107. And uh, we have a laundry list of things for Renee to make her happy. And that's to tell you that you can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us at drstuespodcast.com. Uh, email, you write to me at askdrstew at gmail.com. I'll try to answer them all. You can like us on Facebook. Find me on Twitter. Um, I, I think need to link. I need to link your podcast to my website. I would think that you should Kimberly because Durden. you've been doing it for a year now. Renee, you can Ki- help me KimberlyDurden.com yes. for all you Kimberly Durden fans. So, Kimberly, Hi, how have you been? I haven't talked to you since well before Christmas. Uh, I've been pretty good very very immersed in um, finishing up my studies for midwifery so I'm actually haven't been at a lot of births I spend all my free time at the library the library is my new favorite place nobody asked me to make them food they still have libraries they actually still have libraries sometimes is it right next to the blockbusters <laughs> the library is no, awesome. No, libraries are I awesome. I know, I know. I'm, just I'm like being, have a newfound appreciation for the me. library. It really. So is are awesome. you are you now getting ready to take your NARMS, or are you not quite there yet? I'm not quite there yet, but I'm. I'll be taking it this year for and sure. Tell us what. Tell us for the sake of listeners and for myself as well. What is the NARMS the NARM, stand for? The NARM is a North American Registry for Midwives, and it's a you know a test basically that I have to take in order to get licensed to practice midwifery. So in for us, it would be like California. the National Board of Medical examiners yeah, yeah type exactly thing? Okay. so got to study for that got to pass that and it's fun actually are but you in your third year now or have you finished I'm more your like year? my fourth year okay going in this will probably end up being my four i'll be done probably between four and five years so this is not like for me it, it's taken a longer time because i have a very big family and a very busy life and yes you do i'm not like a single person with no children you know trying to do this i i, I have grand grandchildren <laughs> grandchild soon to be grandchildren children oh so really yes my uh tell us about that daughter eldest daughter and her partner they got married over christmas time which was lovely was very um private and then shortly after we found out they announced that they are expecting again so congratulations very 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 exciting Exciting. that is exciting and uh, you know that's uh that's life cycle because in the interim since i last saw Saw you saw you my father passed away yes I'm sorry. Pausing, pausing. Um, at age 96, uh, mm-hmm. he had a great life. Uh, he was a unique, well, not unique, but he was rare in that I don't know a single person that had an ill will or ill word to say about him. That's amazing. And that's very unique. And, and um, it was a celebration of, of his life when we all went back to Minnesota. That's awesome. And uh, we had a... Uh, a nice family gathering uh, to celebrate. My father was the last of his generation. Um, he was born in 1920. The things that he's seen right. um, and shared with us and, and we passed on to us and his grandchildren. Ah, breathe, breathe. I uh, know. I've yeah, I had to give his eulogy and I really had a hard time struggling to get through it and I was honored to do it. And uh, it was really, um, you know, I, he, he went easily, he went peacefully. Um, and, uh, he didn't suffer. Yeah. So that was really good. That's a blessing in itself. You know, you, you wish that, that, that for your loved ones, that they don't have to suffer in the end, because we're all going to go, we're all going to get out. Yeah. And you know, he had for the most of his life up until the last year or so, he really had 
he lived independently and he had his wits about him, mm. which is good because that bodes well for me because <laughs> 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 I'm losing it. So I, the fact is, I know that, uh, you know, if I've got my dad's genes, then at least I won't lose it too rapidly. <laughs> and Stu, what what podcast did we do? Because I Number was thinking 100. how awesome it is that you were able to capture him and and put a podcast together. Yeah, I actually listened to it um, during the time that I was back home. Uh, podcast number 100, I interviewed my father on his 90, uh, boy, must what, be 96th, 96th birthday. Sixth birthday, because it was August of last year, I believe. Right. And um, and so that's for people who want to listen and want to hear stories about uh, World War II and about growing up in the 20s and 30s um, and about his romancing my my mother <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> juicy was, stuff yeah they, they they met and they were engaged six weeks later <gasps> that's how they did it back then yeah that's how they did it back you know then. what um i you know i feel you my dad who was such a huge influence on my life passed away several years ago at 90 and i feel like and i wanted to ask you this i feel like i think about him of course every day and i remember lessons that he's taught me in my life to me they're much more real now like I hear these these I hear him talking to me and just and I hear these lessons and I and I think about it more and it's, it has even more impact now that he's passed do you how, how are you doing with I that? agree with that and I also find that uh, I'm I'm getting more and more of his mannerisms <laughs> as I get older too though just the way he speaks or the way he laughs or the or the 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 sense of humor that he has um and also the calm demeanor that, you know, I remember when he was younger that he, I remember him fighting with my mom and them some screaming in the house and him taking his belt off and whipping me in the tush. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember all that stuff. But in the last 30, 40 years, I don't think I've ever seen the man aggravated yeah. or angry. And I, I hope to be so lucky <laughs> when I get older. And then, you know, it was well, the sad part for me was that my daughter, who had just a week before had gone to Barcelona right. to do her semester abroad, which she's still... Um, I think she's getting some studying in with amongst her travels because <laughs> the places that she's been are amazing, but she didn't get to come to the funeral. So oh. she'll be back in May here in California, and I think we'll be going back to Minneapolis sometime in May or June just to visit my sister and the rest of the family so that um, she can have that. But she's having a great time. I mean, I never did a semester abroad. I don't know if anybody who's listening has done a semester abroad or has a kid that's going to be doing a semester abroad, but I strongly recommend it. I mean, yeah. she has grown so uh, uh, immensely. Uh, I went to visit her for a week. Her mom went for a week. Her uh, her boyfriend went for three weeks. Um, she's been to Interlaken and Brussels and Vienna and uh, went to Ireland, on, went to Dublin on St. Patty's Day. Oh, she's wow. been to Rome. She's off to the Amalfi Coast this weekend. She awesome. was... Uh, She's also been to Paris and Amsterdam. Awesome. Uh, th this is, it's just an amazing uh, opportunity for these people. And, it's, and you know, t I guess traveling in Europe right now is relatively cheap. The dollar is relatively strong. Right. And so then she can take the train and everywhere. Is that what she's the doing? Takes the train or she, you know, or flies. she flies. The flights are yeah. cheap and, there's, and it's all part of the EU. Right. So um, there's really, you know, no customs. I mean, she has to go through it because she's got... The U.S. passport, but right. but uh, it's pretty easy to travel around Europe right now. That's awesome! What an opportunity! And I, I thank you for sharing about your dad. Yeah, no, no, and, and uh, you know, I, th I think about him every day. Um, n not necessarily, you know, the, his last moments, but just as you said earlier, you you just recall yes. his wisdom or his humor or yes. his lessons that he taught you, and 
Yeah, and so I'm hoping that from this, you know, that I will incorporate a lot of that into you will. my into my future self. You will, <laughs> and you know, it's funny. I talk about I talk about my dad so much to people in my life that I've actually realized that I'm idolizing him. And I think that's okay. Like, there's a little bit of idolatry, you know, like he, he did no wrong. And, and recently I was talking to my mom and she was like, well, you know, and listen, they loved each other for 50 plus years. But she's like, you know, sometimes he would make me crazy. And, and, and she would remind me of things that happened where I would just be questioning my dad or his judgment or whatever. And now, but looking back and looking back at this stage I am in my life, I feel much more... Um, empathy towards how hard it is just to be an adult you know in this world making choices um for yourself for your family for your children running a business managing that and all those things I mean it's you know now that I'm there and he's not here any longer I I can really empathize and I can see a lot of you know things that maybe I disagreed with in the past but I get it a little bit better now especially since I have adult children yeah, well, I think our brain, I think our brain is designed to, re, you know, and it's a very good survival instinct to remember the good things and yeah. let the let the the uh, uh, more uncomfortable things dis- disappear. It doesn't serve us well to carry that stuff around with us. Yes. And so, um, this is true. Whether it be family, which of course is the most important thing, or whether it be work or business, or in our case, pregnancy or yes. dealing with pregnant people, you know, we have we're going to have losses. We're going to have tragedies. We're going right. to have Birth injuries. We're going to have that sort of thing. Um, I had one recently. When maybe we'll talk about it uh, in a in a either later to this podcast or next podcast. Um, but it can't stop you from right. moving forward. It can't stop you from doing what you know is is good or right to be doing. And if you if you're paralyzed by all the negative things, if all you could remember was the father. Like my father, he did hit me with a belt when I was a kid. I mean, but you know what? You I probably deserved, deserved it. I did. You deserved it. I did. And the L- fact is that we don't do that anymore. Uh, maybe part of the self-esteem problem that we have with all, you know, with the current stuff that goes on all the place where, you know, you, nothing you say or think can be wrong. There's no moral, no moral judgments anymore. There has to be. There has to be right and wrong. There has to be yeah. good and evil. And and the brain is really good at sorting that stuff out. Um, also, uh, during this interim, since I've seen you, besides going to Barcelona to visit my daughter, I did get to do a volunteer week in Vietnam. How was that? And I don't think think you knew about that. I saw a picture. Oh, you saw a posting, right. And then I thought you were texting me, and I'm like, where are you in the world? Are you in, where are you? Oh, yeah. I think I was in my hotel room in Vietnam, (laughs) I think. I feel so special. I went with an organization, which is a very um, worthy organization to be supported. And if if people can go on to curecervicalcancer.org. Awesome. Or find them on Facebook under Cure Cervical Cancer. Um, and like them, uh, or even possibly donate uh, small amounts to the organization. It's great. This is my second trip with them. A couple of years ago, I went to you went to Kenya, Ghana. Kenya, Kenya, mm-hmm. and uh, this one we were in North Vietnam, or the well, it's all Vietnam, but the northern part of Vietnam. We landed in. What's really weird for me as a child of the '60s and '70s mm. to look at my plane ticket and realize that I'm going to change planes in uh, Taipei and Taiwan, and then I land in Hanoi. Wow. And for me, Hanoi has a different meaning than it does for people probably 20 years younger than right. me. Right. Well, Vietnam Because War. Hanoi was, um, you know, uh, not a nice place uh, right. to grow up in the 60s and 70s. And right. now I land there. It's a brand new airport. It has a Popeye's chicken in it. And no a, way. And a Burger King. Yeah. So, it's, you know, so you know, you know that, you know, it is a communist country and you can tell that it's communist, but it's embraced limited capitalism, which is good for its people. Um 
and it's a beautiful country. Uh, the weather wasn't great when we were there. It's a little, it's, it's a hazy time of year, so it was sort of hazy every day. And mm-hmm. but it wasn't that hot, humid stuff that you're going to get in July and August. Mm-hmm. And we went to the north. We went to Halong, which is very famous for its bay, which has those limestone figures in it. But and we got one day where we got to go and see them. But most of the time we were doing, we did seven clinics up in Halong and then Mongkai, which is about uh, 300, 400 feet from the Chinese border. Wow. And um, it was a part of the world that I had never expected to be going to. Wow. And what we were doing was we were using vinegar and a visual inspection of the cervix to screen for precancerous changes. And then if they fi- we found them, we would do a, offer immediate cryotherapy. Wow. And uh, it, interestingly enough, comparing it to Africa, there, I think that the incidence of HPV was less. But maybe that's because these clinics had been up and running for a while. I and see. in Africa, we were just setting them up. Got it. So the work was a lot easier mm-hmm. in, in Vietnam. And the people there were great. We had a, uh, a great guide uh, who told us all kinds of things about, a uh, very knowledgeable guy, told us all things about Vietnam and about living in the communi- in a communist country. Um, and uh, the people that we went with were amazing. And Patty Gordon is the uh, uh, director of the Cure Cervical Cancer. She's the founder. And the funny story is that, that she's also somebody who graduated the same year as me from my own high school. What? Yeah. Are you kidding it's me? Really but weird, you didn't it's know that? Thing. Well, we knew that because we ran into each other 20, 30 years ago. Uh, she was a G1, uh, uh, excuse me, a, a radiation oncologist at Century City Hospital. And we ran into each other then, and we, you know, I realized that I knew her by a different name. Wow! But uh, it's funny that you know, forty some, let's see, with forty more than that, yeah, forty-two years later, that we went to the same high school, and now here we are in Vietnam together. So unbelievable, pretty cool. So why are these sites chosen for places to do uh, to work with cervical cancer? No, that's do they good, have higher rates of cervical cancer? That's a good question. Places? I think I think they're chosen because. Well, I know that this one was chosen because Patty was traveling with her son in Vietnam on a vacation a few years back and just told the tour guide to stop. She went into a hospital. She said, he said, you can't go in there. She said, mm-hmm. oh, no. His, her son said, don't stop my mom. You're not going to oh. stop my mom. <laughs> and she went in there and she went to meet with the guy and they and they basically they set up these clinics. And I think it's, it has to do with the connections need, that she made. need okay. and, then, and then connections. And uh, I'm not sure. But that's a good thing. You could go to their website. You probably, in their mission statement and stuff, it probably says a little bit more about it. Again, that's curecervicalcancer.org, and people should just go doing me a favor by going there and just liking them, even on Facebook, uh, to give them some well, this is Well, this is part of my homework, actually, that I'm working on right now, so I have a question to ask you. So basically, you're going to be able to, if you test positive for the HPV, vac- uh, HPV virus, yes. then you should, is it still true that you should be do a pap smear is recommended to do a pap every six months because of the abnormal cells well okay so there's there or are higher incidence of abnormal cells there are there are several different uh algorithms to follow about something like that. but if you you know pap smears nowadays are done and they're done their dna screening is done almost routinely sometimes it's a reflex where if you have a normal pap smear they don't do it but if you have an atypical pap smear or anything worse it's automatically done and if you right. test positive for the high risk uh, HPV types, most common, which are 16 and 18, but there's a lot of other ones. Got it. Then, uh, depending on a lot of things, depending on other factors like your age, mm-hmm. if you're young, you probably should get screened more frequently or even go right to colposcopy, mm-hmm. but not necessarily be treated, mm-hmm. uh, be, but you need to be watched 
Some of these lesions, uh, the young immune systems will take care of on their own. We used mm -hmm. to treat everybody more aggressively, and now we realize we don't really want to be da uh, potentially damaging cervixes by right. freezing them or lasering them or right. leaping them. Right. Leaping is where you excise part of it. Right. Um, and in older women, uh, over 40, uh, if they test negative for HPV, they probably don't even, you know, perhaps maybe every three to four years or even f further apart if they're in a mm -hmm. monogamous relationship is right. all they need because the likelihood of getting cervical cancer beyond age 40 in a monogamous relationship with negative HPV is essentially zero. Okay. Okay, good. Right. Great, great information. Thank you so much for that. Well, um, so you're doing good work around the world, and how you were there for a week? or Just a week, and then I came back, and uh, I've decided since my father passed away and all that that I'm going to try to take care of myself a little bit. So How'd that go? Well, here's the Wait story. a second. Wait. That would re require you to be off call, which I thought... No, that's not possible. That you're never off call. <laughs> no, no. We've been, we've been pretty busy. We've had lots of twins and uh, some breaches and... And uh, even some headfirst. <laughs> oh, you actually had babies that were coming headfirst? Head first babies recently, awesome. yeah. But I'm saying that, you know, I've been having some orthopedic issues and my neck's been bothering me, my knee's been bothering me for a long time. And it's yeah. nothing acute. It's just wear and tear that, you know, when you're young, you think you're invincible and you can do anything you want. And then your body begins to pay back uh, in, in spades. And I've been in sort of mild pain for a really long time. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to get this looked at. So I went to see my internist, and I got my internal medicine workup, and my cholesterol was a little high. Well, so, I've seen you eat those burgers, so oh, I'm yeah, not surprised. I had one on the way over here yeah, today, Yeah, I too. saw that bottle of soda, too, or something, yeah, whatever it's, the it's heck over that here. was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just it's saying. Diet. Just, just, oh, even better. <laughs> yes. No, I'm drinking carrot juice. It's just car it's carrot juice. From In-N-Out Burger? Yeah, from In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> um, see, see how I, ch I checked you out. Oh, I didn't God. even know I had checked busted. you out. <laughs> I'm busted. So anyway, so I had, I mean, I had that done, and I, my cholesterol was a little high, so he wanted me to order specific testing, and I, one of them was he wanted me to get a thallium stress test. Okay. okay. So before I got to that, I also had an MRI of my neck and an MRI of my shoulder and an X-ray of my heart, or excuse me, a CT scan of my heart and an X-ray of my knee, and I saw a cervical spine specialist, a shoulder specialist, and a knee specialist. Wow. Okay. And Taking care of business. I have a Blue Shield policy that... I pay over $800 a month for, and I have a $4,500 deductible. Mm. So I went to order get the thallium stress test scheduled, and the woman says, well, that will be, uh, when you arrive, you'll, you have to write us a check for $1,138. <laughs> and I go, well, isn't it covered by my insurance? She says, well, you haven't made your deductible yet. So I'm wondering, well, I've had all these things done to me. You know how when do when will I ever reach my deductible? <laughs> so not only that, but then I wanted to get uh, after I saw the the next specialist, he wanted to give me a anti-inflammatory patch to wear on my shoulder. Okay, so we ordered that, and the pharmacy said it's not covered. Your, your insurance company won't cover it, but they'll cover a lidocaine patch. Okay, well I don't want a lidocaine patch. Well, that's not anti-inflammatory. It's not well, the same it's thing. It's not the same thing. No, it's just a pain. It's pain. So the it. insurance company is practicing medicine by prescribing a lidocaine patch rather than the anti-inflammatory patch. So I couldn't get that. Hmm. So then I wanted to get. And then my knee guy said that I have arthritis on the medial aspect of one of my knees, and I should get a brace to help. You know, I'm a little bow-legged, and mm -hmm. it's come from time. So I helped to keep your keep knee my in. knee right. out the other way. And, of course, uh, it was custom because of my leg, and that's $1,200, and mm. that's not covered by my insurance. Mm, mm, mm. So I'm paying $800 a month, and so far they've covered nothing. <laughs> now, sometimes I get, I think that some of the tests I got, I got a discount because of people I know and, and who I know. And so you get a little bit of what's called professional courtesy in the old days. 
doesn't happen as much now, but it's still, we're a tight group, uh, some of the people that I know. So right. uh, I haven't gotten bills from them yet. I did get a bill from the net guy for $500 for a console. Oh, and of course, that's not covered. So I'm wondering, what am I paying $800 a month for? I suppose if I got hit by a truck. Right. You know, but... I mean, I'm, this is not. This is all like. This is not like uh, asking for a Viagra prescription. <laughs> I mean, this is this is important stuff, and and they've covered nothing. Not a knee brace. Not a patch for pain. I'm shocked not, considering the insurance. That not you a have. Th- not a stress test. Yeah. But if I have a heart attack, they'll cover that. If I have an if my knee falls apart, I need a knee replacement. Right. They'll cover that. So in in other words, all the preventive stuff you're doing, trying to head stuff off at the pass, which we're. We're condition. We're told this is how we should handle our medical conditions. You know, go see your doctor. If you have an ache and pain, go to them and get let them check it out so they can figure out what's wrong, and then we can avoid you having to go into the emergency room. Or not good, just going straight into the emergency room because things have gotten so so out of hand. So here you're doing it, trying to do it and the right is, way. And this is not even preventative, though. I mean, I don't expect them to cover my That's annual true. visit with my internist. I right. don't want them to cover that. I don't want them to necessarily cover, you know, if I, uh, you know, have a bunion and I need to get that shaved down by my podiatrist or something like that. I don't need that. But what we're talking about, CT scans, MRIs, right. uh, diagnostic, th- th- diagnostic tests for not necessarily for screening, but for potential problems. Right. And they're not covering that either. I'm, I don't know what to say. Well, <laughs> there's nothing to say. I'm just saying that healthcare is a mess. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I can just say that five, six years ago, I was paying $500 a year and I had a $500 deductible, $500 a month, and I had a $500 deductible. Now I'm paying $800 a month and I have a $4,500 and, and And your deductible is so high because you want to keep your, your monthly payment down? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? So, yeah, we got so if you lower best... your deductible, it's going to be like 2000 a month or something yeah, be to like, pay for well, insurance? Yeah, yeah, right. I, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I mean, most people, you know, most young people, the people listening who, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are obviously pregnant and they're probably struggling with their insurance companies to get them to cover their choices and their, you know, if they want to have an out-of-hospital birth or whatever else. That's one of the, you know, first questions right. that you'll exactly. get as a midwife exactly. is how much, how much will, my, will exactly. my insurance pay? Exactly. And then well, you can, your answer to that will be? Well, the answer... I have no freaking idea. <laughs> the answer will be, well, <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> first of all, what insurance do you have? Okay, well, some of them reimburse. Oh, like you know... Like some you, of them don't do right. anything. You know, we, we in this, in this state, uh, midwives are supposed to be able to get covered by Medi-Cal, which they really don't pay very much at all. And then you have to jump through a whole bunch of Medi-Cal hoops just to get that $1,500, $1,800, I think, for entire prenatal care plus your birth. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a good situation at all. No. And we're not, we're not going to get into what's going on uh, uh, politically. <laughs> no, because you know what? It's a mess. It, it, and, and, and I don't know how you fix the mess now. I think the mess has been made so messy that, that I'm not sure how you fix it. Uh, I just know that... that it would Burn be, it down? It would be nice to have It would be nice to have competition. It would be nice to be able to, to shop around to, to 30 different uh, insurance companies rather than three. Yes, and I know absolutely. that in California, I think we have about three choices as an as a if you're not in a large group or Kaiser, and um, well, you know, it's interesting. some states are down to one, or and I've heard that some counties are now going to have none. What they're uh, all the insurance companies are all pulling out as of this fall um, because they they are all they're all bleeding money. So I don't know the answer is, but the I guess the answer's got to be 
you know, there's you, we've talked about before. In order to get prices down, you need competition. You need you need um, uh, um, uh, what's uh, visibility. You need to like to know what's the word I'm looking for. You need to know. Uh, what prices? What they charge? What's that? Well, you need the comp. What in competition? Yeah, but like a price list. To, you don't go into a restaurant and order the food not knowing what right. you're going to pay you for. You need it. to be able to see what everything like like a menu of services from all the different insurance companies or what they're providing. And no, and the doctors and, the, and what the doctors and and let, and I let doctors do the cash prices. Have tort reform so that you know we can lower prices. There's less defensive medicine. Um, those sorts of things. We we know this, and and I just don't see how anything is going to get done. It just seems there's such gridlock everywhere, and and there's so many. Uh, vested interests. There's so many um, special interest lobbies, things that go on that aren't for the benefit. Just like, just like in the state of California with the vaccine issue, where you know w- w- there's so many problems with vaccines. Yet the the Sacramento g- gets lobbied by big pharma to mandate that every kid gets a vaccine. You know, we were right. going to get here anyway, so this right. is a good segue into this because you have some questions about this. Well, I just I just want to mention it. I know we're getting close to the end of this no, we're po- not. podcast. <laughs> we're no, not. we're not. Okay. We're, we all right, all right, all right. It's my right. podcast. Oh, that's right. Isn't okay. It, isn't my podcast. All right. I you don't can make it as long as you want. I'm that's just letting correct. you know I have to leave shortly. But anyway, um, you know, my my youngest daughter, who's five and a half, she entered kindergarten this year. And, you know. By the way, you just got here, you know. I, I'm looking at the time that's that's running on the. My time is valuable. I have other things. To John, do can you block the time from, from Kimberly, please? Just put a put a. I have a, put two a clients, up. two clients to see after after you, darling. Are they pushing? They're, none of your business. <laughs> okay. HIPAA, HIPAA. No. If they're not pushing. Then, then what's the difference? I'm, I do lactation too, you know. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh, that's. Important. I have babies waiting that to get fed. They're yes. just like the mother will not put them on the breast yes. until I come over there. Because those breasts might explode. Yeah, you know, or the. Something so they're they're waiting for me. All to right, feed sorry. Their baby. So getting bidding back to your question. But anyway, uh, you know my my daughter who's five and a half. She um, now is a child of the SB two seventy seven. I believe that's the right number that is law. Correct. And you know I've I've done vaccines in my own terms with my other children. You know delaying, not doing certain ones, et cetera, et cetera. I've worked around the requirements that um, other states have have. Um, you know, there's other states that have required you know, pretty much have mandatory vaccines and, and no way out of it. But I've been able to work around that and work with doctors and things like that in other states. But uh, so now that California has this law, um, you know, when I should say when I lived in other states, I had to work around it because they already had laws in place similar to what California has now. But I will say <clears throat> now with the law in California, I mean, it is I feel like I am being hounded uh my daughter did receive some vaccines um, at the beginning of the school year at a school clinic. And I had mentioned to you about them before because they're kind of like the really one of the ladies in there is like she's like a character. She's like a Jim Carrey character from um, In Living Color back in the day. The crazy like the crazy fire chief guy that Jim Carrey used to do. She's like that for vaccines. She is nuts. I mean, the kids look at her like she's nuts because she's nuts and I look at her everyone looks at her like she's nuts but this is the person that's you know been established by the county she is a nurse or uh to inject the kids there's another lady that works in there who's much more reasonable but she has been um ridiculous in just how and the things that she says if for instance if you don't give your kid this vaccine you know they could die I mean, this is, this is, I'm like. Well, they could, I, you know. Well, I, 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 I'm just. Researchers say. And you just look at her like, are you serious? And she's 
dead serious. So no. anyway, I got my kids some vaccines, and did then you, did you say to her that if you keep saying that that you, that you could die? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say? Because that's possible. You She'd know. probably take my picture and send it into the state because that's how I feel. Like I'm being this, all the scrutiny over yeah, my we're daughter's vaccines. We're laughing no, about but it. No, but seriously, it is, it is Gestapo, no. But right. let me just tell you this: she got a few vaccines. Some of the vaccines they couldn't give her because um, they didn't have them. They had run out of them. And I said to the woman, you know, I don't really want to do six vaccines a day anyway and she said well you you no she said oh yes you do you want to do all these vaccines today I, honey you don't want to go there doing them individually you know giving me no i don't even know anyway and, so, you're, and you're educated and i'm educated thing, right? so i'm kind of blowing her off but i get my my kid gets in school and then they with a, a provisionary note that she's going to go back and get more vaccines later by such and such a date and let me tell you that the los angeles Unify School District will call you on the day that you said you were going to get these vaccines done and take your child out of school. They will, what do they, exclude, that's the terminology they use, exclude your child from school unless you continue to get the vaccine. So my kid has been pro pretty much vaccinated. She had to go for a couple other rounds. And they have tried on two occasions to exclude her. Well, on one occasion most recently because when I, I my daughter had been sick. For months, after she had been sick for months, and I wanted to go a little deeper into her health care. I wanted to schedule a full physical with her pediatrician before I continued to get more vaccines. Maybe she has an allergy to something mm -hmm. that's in the vaccine. Something's going on that hasn't happened before with her health, and I want to look deeper. So I, I made constant notes to the school, letting them know this is what's happening, and that wasn't good enough. The uh, the county. Uh, attempted to exclude my daughter three times from school, even though I had doctor's notes. One of the, doc the most recent doctor notes said that my, my daughter would be visiting the pediatrician in March and that there would be an update given to the school. On March 29th, they contacted the school and asked, told the school administration to exclude my daughter. But March wasn't over, and her, her appointment was March 31st. But that wasn't good enough. I had to go and get to the doctor's office with my crazy busy schedule and actually get this little, like a little thing that said March 31st. You know, and this is taking time. I know I, I'm doing my due diligence as a parent to make sure that my child's health is secure before I inject her with anything else. I am going along with their paperwork as much as I possibly can, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm getting a headache just listening to this. And I think some of my listeners are too. Just the, the idea that, that this is what it's come to. Um, you really, in California, and, I, and other states probably will follow California's lead, I, I don't see, you know, I, maybe, maybe again, maybe there's some red states that won't, and, but it seems to be a blue state issue more than a red state issue. Um, but, I, but I would say that what's happening is you ha leaves you with four choices in California. One is to fully vaccinate your kid along the schedule and take the risks that go along with it. And there is... Again, more and more data that seems to just be completely denied by certain people about the risks of giving multi-vaccines at the same time. They, there's even a study now that they've, they've added, without your permission, they've added varicella vaccine to, to some people to the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. Really? Um, yes, they're sort of doing a trial without telling parents that they're giving it all at once versus giving it in two separate shots. Um, whether you need them all or not is, is another whole question, which we're not talking about. So you have that choice. You have the choice of trying to get an exemption. You have the choice of homeschooling. <laughs> which you, you have still the... have a problem homeschooling without vaccines. 
they are coming after homeschool parents that are not How vaccinated. How can they do that? That's not is, part of the law. That is, is that is what is happening. And then the other choice is uh, is to move to a different Another state. state. But what state? Oh, anyway, so exactly. Well, there are there are there are lots of more reasonable states in California. Oh, I want to tell and, you. And the evidence, you know, again, more and more evidence is coming out against it, and it doesn't seem to make any difference. It just seems that they get more militant. Uh, they're they're true believers. They're you know they're they're indoctrinated into believing that this is the right thing to my do. Daughter, like your my like daughter, your nurse there. My daughter was absent from school from the week before Christmas to till until recently, probably eight times because of illness. What in a kid that has never gotten sick? Obviously, she's exposed to more germs now. She's in a school environment, but something something wasn't right. And as a parent, you know. I have a right to advocate. I my job is to advocate for my child and and to yeah. follow their health. And it didn't make any sense to me to keep getting more vaccines. And no one in the school clinic, all they did was call me and say, "Oh, now the vaccines are in. You can come in." And I said, "Well, she's not feeling well." So, and they would kind of be like, "Uh." Yeah, I mean, they mandated uh, something like they mandated something like chickenpox vaccine. Now, here's the problem with chickenpox vaccine. First of all, um, when the kids get chickenpox, it's usually a mild illness. And the immunity lasts a lifetime. Exactly. When you get the chickenpox vaccine, it wears off. It wears off, <laughs> and then you might get chickenpox as an adult. Exactly. When you get much more, much sicker. I mean, it, it's exactly. it's just it's just so illogical. Exactly. And and I don't. I'm happy that my kids are grown and I don't have to deal with that anymore because I don't know what I would do. You know me. I know. I don't. I, don't, I, I mean, I, most I, of my I kids. I know are, you. Most of my I'm kids are. I'm surprised that you're letting her Zuri get all those shots. I am not necessarily. Uh, my kids have gotten shots, and I'm not necessarily against sh- the vaccines. I would like to. <laughs> Do some more. Bella, Bella is against vaccines. Yeah, totally. But I would like to do some more research and more research is coming available. A lot of my kids are older now. But but what I'm not going to do is blindly, blindly take my kid to the clinic and have her given shots and her health is compromised for some reason. Bottom line, I took her to the pediatrician. This pediatrician is a Western medicine pediatrician and she's also a Chinese medicine specialist. And she said, oh. You know, we're going to do some allergy testing. We're going to do some this. We're going to do some that. No vaccines right now. Let's just see what's going on. And I and and we should be able to have that dialogue without the pressure from these institutions like the insurance companies just, making decisions about things that we, you know, mm-hmm. without, um, you know, because tomorrow if the policy changes, if the vaccine policy changes next year, or if we learn something about vaccines that we didn't know before, then and everything gets turned on its head, what difference does it make for the kids that are already Yeah, no, injected, one's, no one's going to accept responsibility with, for that. With, with I just things. think mandates in general are an un-American sort of thing, whether, you know, whatever kind of mandate it does. Yeah, I see us, uh, we're getting to that point, so um, uh, <laughs> well, here, here we are back. Uh, it's nice to be back. It's nice to get into these conversations with you. I've missed... Having you them. missed me? Oh. Yeah, I missed you too, but I missed the conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break here, and then we're going to probably get into our next podcast before you have to go off and yes. work, with, work with breasts. Um, <laughs> Babies. But anyway, so this has, been, this has been an interesting talk. We've, we've reminisced about the past four months, yes. about life and death bit. and birth and, and all the exciting things that are happening. And uh, we look forward to uh, everyone at home joining us for our next podcast. But this has been Podcast 107. It's Dr. Stu's podcast with me and Kimberly Durden. Yes. We uh, thank you for listening, and we hope to see you uh, or hear hear from you at AskDrStu at gmail.com. Please write and let us know what you think. Uh, Like us on uh, iTunes. Give us five stars. Go to Facebook. Find uh, DrStu'sPodcast.com or Kimberly at KimberlyDurden.com. Uh, Again, thanks for listening. See you next time.